0: Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I am so excited that you are here today because we are gonna be hearing from Brittany Cues on how she built her podcast management business. She started as a virtual assistant and later niched down into podcast management. And we talk about how she was able to raise her prices and attract the right people. And she's got some really great tips on being a high-end service provider and how she was able to get the confidence to do that and some more tactical things that she's done to attract some higher-end clients. Before we get to the episode, though, I wanted to let you guys know that we just added a widget to the show notes using SpeakPipe, you're going to be able to record your voice and send it to me, kind of like a voicemail. And why I did this is that I want to do an episode where I'm answering your guys' questions. So what you can do is go to the show notes, laurenwrighton.com forward slash episode 78. And you'll see underneath the resources section, there is a spot where you can hit record, send me a message. It can be up to two minutes long. Send me a message with your question, and then I may use that in this upcoming episode. We'll use your clip, and then I will answer it. So I'm so excited to do this. I hope I get lots and lots of questions. So go there now and record me any question that you have on starting or running your podcast management business. Okay, without further ado, let's go talk to Brittany. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show. A podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Brittany, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to dive into your story, learn more about everything, uh, and just hear about how you're able to build your business. So to get started, I would love to know like how you got started working online. What was your entry point?
1: So I, um, well, I'm a mom, and my son is my whole reasoning for getting into the online space i wanted to be able to you know bring in my own money and still be able to be home with him and not miss any mom life and so i got into some network marketing i know you did beach body i did beach body as well and it just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't want to, you know, push products on people in order to make a sale. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped that. And then uh, a l- interesting little fact right in there is that about the time I stopped that, I came across a girl. Her name was Tabitha Panginelli. I don't know if you've heard of her. I do know that but name. She. Um, not for a good reason, probably, but, um, (laughs) she was promoting all over Facebook about how you can, you know, quit your day job and work from home. She promoted herself as being a digital nomad. And so I ended up reaching out to her. I was like, okay, I want to take your course. She had a $100 offer, $1,000 offer and a $10,000 offer. So I ended up just deciding, well, I'll just do the $100 offer. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. I'm going to have a coach. I'm going to, you know, be able to work from home. As soon as she got my money, I never heard from her again. It was Mm -hmm. a scam and it ended up being this big thing. There was a Facebook group, all of this that we were trying to, you know, find her and get her put in jail. And I mean, my $100 wasn't that big of a deal. When I thought of people losing $10,000 to this girl, it was just crazy. Um, so that kind of deterred me from the online space for a little bit and just put a bummer on things. And then I came across Michaela, uh, Michaela Quinn, Mm -hmm. and I saw that she was a mom. And so I don't know, I, took a chance, signed up for her course, and it was life changing. Mm. So I started as a VA. in, let's see, right before the pandemic. So early 2020. And it actually worked out because, you know, we went into lockdown, and I was able to just dive into the course, learn all the things.
0: So what were you doing before? Were you a stay at home mom? Yes. Okay. What were you doing before stay at home mom life?
1: Before that, I was... uh, I did different things right out of college. I um, did... I have a degree in communications. And so before I had my son, I was project manager for a nonprofit organization. Um, And then I also did some makeup artistry on the side, kind of all over the place with stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's my story as well. Yeah. So yes, I totally remember the Tabitha situation. Was that like 2018?
1: I want to say yes. Yeah, it was like right before I took Michaela's course. So yeah, 2019, probably.
0: Well, number one, thank you for bringing that up. Because that just shows like, that could have really derailed you forever. (laughs) That could have just completely destroyed your confidence in the online space. And it just stinks that there are people out there that are scamming others. That sucks. But also just like, there's so many legitimate people that are online, that is like that one person that is taking advantage can really ruin it for others. So good for you for recommitting and saying, I'm going to put myself out there again, even though I was burnt. And thank goodness that you did.
1: Yeah. And it just goes to show like, you know, do your research before you sign up for a course. Yeah. And which I did it. You know, I connected with Tabitha. Like we had conversations through Facebook and I saw she was a real person. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh well, this isn't, you know, anything to worry about. But just because I saw her face, you know, she was still a scammer. She's still out there getting money.
0: Yeah. And talk to someone that's gone through the that's paid them and gotten the result or gotten some whatever it is out of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a great tip whenever we're working online. Yeah. So you said you started as a VA how was that in the early days? Did you enjoy doing that stuff?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't mind it. I got to a point where when I started my VA journey, I knew I eventually wanted to scale into or pivot into something else. I didn't just want to stay a VA. And when I first started, I thought I was going to eventually go the social media manager route Mm -hmm. and quickly realize after working with a few clients that social media is just, it's not my thing. You know, when I have a picture of my son or something I want to post, like I'm good with that, but having to sit down and think of a plan and all this, like, no, I just, I'm not a social media person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, I eventually, thought about Pinterest. And so I took on some Pinterest clients for a while. I do love Pinterest, but I then came across, I took on a client that she was a podcaster and I started doing her Pinterest account for her. And she got to talking about her podcast manager. And I was like, this is a thing. I never even knew it was a thing. And a light bulb just went off and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm meant to do because mm-hmm. I've always been an avid podcast listener, love podcasts. And so when I heard of that, um, she actually mentioned your name. And so I found your course and
0: yeah, the rest is history. Wow. I just love that moment where it's like, this is a real thing. Yeah. Wow. Because I have been in that exact position where it's like, I was more like, if this is a real thing, holy yeah. cow, I need to do this. And I know so many other people have had that light bulb moment and podcast management will continue to grow where people will just know of it from the start. But so many of us like can relate to that. Like, wow, this is it. Like you knew all the other niches to go in as a service provider, but like when you find that one thing, uh, it's just such a, such a great moment.
1: Yeah. And I think people, especially like me and even new podcasters that they want to start a podcast and I'd, People don't realize what all goes on behind the scenes of a show. You think, oh, it's just recording some audio and slapping it on somewhere and people listening to it. And it's so much more. And so just being able to be behind the scenes and a part of kind of bringing something to life. It's so much fun for me.
0: Yes, I totally agree. So you ended up taking the podcast manager program. Who was your first podcast client when you really you know, started just labeling yourself as a podcast manager?
1: She was actually one of my clients that I took on as a virtual assistant. She is a life coach. Love her to death. She actually only lives an hour away from me and we have yet to have a coffee date. But (laughs) uh, she just she holds a special place in my heart because she was one of my first clients. But I was running her Pinterest account and doing some of that. And then I just expressed interest in wanting to transition into podcasting. And so she gave me some episodes to start editing and just kind of transitioned that way. And yeah, and so it was kind of I was, you know, editing, working on some of her podcast episodes, as well as running her Pinterest account. And so it was kind of working on those two together where I realized that podcasting and Pinterest together just creates a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the things that I've been able to really scale my services by providing pairing those two together. Mm -hmm. That has allowed me to just I guess, up my pricing.
0: Yeah. And up the value that you're providing. Because with Pinterest, you have to have consistent content. Like Pinterest mm-hmm. doesn't just... Just like how social media, like you have to post regularly for Pinterest. You have to have things to, to tag back to. Right. So with a podcast, it's just a beautiful combination. Right. Like if your client has a podcast, it makes the Pinterest that much easier for you to write. Right. So is that what you're really doing now is with like 99% of your clients, are you doing both podcast management and Pinterest?
1: No, I would say um, I have six clients all together right now. And two of them, I'm doing their Pinterest as well. So, you know, Pinterest isn't for every, every audience. So I have some... People come to me that are interested in offering Pinterest, but their audience, you know, isn't necessarily on Pinterest. So I kind of, you know, I don't want to waste their time if their audience isn't on there. So it really just depends if your audience is on there or not. But right now, just two clients that I'm doing podcasts and Pinterest for.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's realistic. Cause if you Uh get started and, you know, they're not getting a lot of traction on Pinterest, you're like, I knew this would happen, but I did it anyway. That's not a that's not a great feeling to have. Right. Okay, so one of the things that I would love to talk to you about is how you did scale your pricing. And, you know, you can raise your rates and just like cross your fingers and hope you just start landing clients at higher rates. Mm-hmm. You were able to attract really the right people. So do you have any tips for someone who, you know, maybe they've had success at the, you know, $500, $607, $100 mark? but now they want to scale their prices higher. Do you have any tips for them on how to um, attract the right people at those rates?
1: My biggest thing is just do it. Um, just raise your prices. Just get them out there. And one thing I've realized is that I think people get so caught up in social media and you know, they raise their prices and then they're like, oh my gosh, well, I got to get this whole Instagram game plan of raising my prices and all of this. And And then they, you know, they spend weeks getting a social media game plan together before they even land a client. And my thing is, is that social media can be such a distraction, like raise your prices and go out and find the clients. Don't worry about um, like attraction marketing. Yeah, I found all of my clients through Facebook groups. I've had the most success through there and just kind of getting known and networking through there instead of constantly posting on Instagram. And I think that's something a lot of coaches teach you is that, you know, you have to be forefront and always visible on Instagram. And my thing is, is I've posted maybe twice, two or three times about my business on Instagram since starting. And I've had, you know, success by not doing that. And so, yeah, Facebook groups are wonderful. All of my clients are on LinkedIn. I created a LinkedIn account. I do not utilize LinkedIn, but they all utilize LinkedIn and they are the professional, you know, high ticket client. And they all tell me they're like, Brittany, you need to be on LinkedIn. That's where all the people are. And I'm like, "Mm, LinkedIn just bores me a little bit. Yeah.
0: And there's a piece of it that like what you're doing now is working. So why add more to your plate when you just you're like proving to yourself, you don't need to.
1: (laughs) Mm Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's just, I think, a confidence level. You know, if you raise your prices and you're on a discovery call and you feel like you're not up to par with those prices, that client is going to catch on to that. And so when I raised my prices, actually, it was I think I made a post in your group about it in January, but I was fully booked well, fully booked with my lower pricing. Mm -hmm. And within the matter of a month, I lost all of those clients just because of, you know, they had various reasons. Um, One had a death in the family. One had lost their full-time job. They just couldn't afford me anymore. And so it was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, one week I had all this money coming in and then the next week, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I started My mindset started getting off, and I was like, you know, is this really? Maybe I'm not meant to do this. I'm just going to give up. And then um, I ended up just having that mindset switch. And I think it was, I forget what podcast episode I was listening to, but somebody was talking about, you know, just raise your prices, raise your prices. And so I was like, you know, I don't have any clients. This is kind of a rebirth opportunity for me with my business. And so I went in, I redid my website. I kind of just repositioned myself because at that point I was like, you know, I I have the experience. I know I know what I'm doing. So for any new clients I'm taking on, I'm just going to go ahead and see what happens with the higher pricing. And so I did and it was actually so much easier to find clients at that higher price point. Or I wouldn't say so much easier to find them, but so much easier to land them because people with a lot of money to spend they don't have the time to go back and forth and say, "Oh, well, that's too much. Can we take it down five hundred dollars?" They are so busy that they are ready to just hear what you have to offer, find the value in your service, and hand over the money. Mm-hmm. And each month, it's been—you know—I mean, the money's in my account the first of the month. There's no,
0: there's no delay because, yeah. yes, I totally agree with you because this type of person who they don't have a lot of time, they have money. You know, they have the money, they don't have the time. So you're like, just like you're saying, they don't have the time to manage you really. So you need to manage yourself and they need to have a lot of confidence in you because they're like, I'm looking for one person to handle this. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go back and forth. I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to X, Y, and Z. And they want even the invoicing process to be super smooth so that they don't have to even maybe manually send you the money each month. They want everything to be as easy as possible because they're balancing a lot of things you know because they've got this this business that that's obviously working so yeah and i even just saw a instagram post the other day where it was like $500 client and it's like all these like these back yes. and forth things and then it was like a $50,000 client uh money sent and i was like yes. yes that's so true
1: so accurate
0: yeah and so like you said like i don't i agree i don't think like those people are necessarily easier to find. But mm-hmm. when you can instill the confidence that you've got this, mm-hmm. that's what those people are looking for is that confidence level. So mm-hmm. yeah. Now, did you feel like you got that confidence in your services because you had this rebirth moment? Or when do you think you had that moment where you're like, oh yeah, you know, a $1, $1,000, $1,500 package plus like, I know I can deliver that value. What gave you that confidence?
1: At that point, it was kind of just like a... Uh, well, I've got nothing to lose at this point. So I'm just going to go all in and try it. But it also, I had gotten good testimonials from my clients previously. Like, you know, they were not ending the contract with me because of anything I did. So I knew I was providing value to them. And honestly, I don't know. It was kind of just like, I was just going to go for it.
0: Yeah. I think you said it like you had nothing to lose you're like, why not? Let's give this a try. And that's how so much stuff in our business lives are is like, it's all a test, right? It's all trial and error. And you think, you know, once you've raised your prices, that everything is set in stone or, you know, and earlier you said, I loved that you said this, that people think that once they raise their prices to a certain level, for us, different people, it's different pricing. But it's like, you know, let's just say, If I'm going to offer a $1,500 package, I have to be this certain type of person. I have to be someone who has a a beautiful website. I have to be someone who has a big social media, at least presence, maybe not following, but like I have to have all this stuff going on. And it's just not true. I, I totally agree. I was not using Instagram either when I was landing those clients. I was just doing Facebook groups. Now it was, this was a couple of years ago. But still I I, I I agree. It's like those things can really get in your way as far as distractions.
1: Yeah, it's like shiny object syndrome. I call it shiny marketing syndrome because especially now like you've there's always something coming out and you know if you just need to have a clear vision of what you want, choose one platform that you are going to utilize for me, it was Facebook groups and don't worry about anything else. You know, if TikTok comes out, don't worry about it. Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. don't worry about it. Stay Mm -hmm. in your, your zone. And you know, when you reach five, six, 7,000 and you have the money to outsource, then you can hire a social media manager, a professional that, you know, knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like up until you get to that point, just keep it simple.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I would love to dive a little bit more into the services that you're offering. For You said you have six clients, you do some Pinterest. Are you doing a guest management with a lot of these clients?
1: Not anymore. I was with one of them, or not necessarily guest management, but I was pitching. So pitching them to get on other shows and then finding guests for their show. So I'm not doing that anymore. Right now I'm doing pretty much anything from editing An episode all the way up to show notes, social media graphics, that whole thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become A profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So, in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I can't wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. One thing that we haven't talked about is you said that a lot of your clients are on LinkedIn. Who are your clients? Do they have anything really in common with each other? Or like, what, what do they offer themselves?
1: They are all online coaches. So they are helping other people to better themselves.
0: Yeah, I find that those people when they have a podcast, it's just a perfect fit for coaches and course creators. I think that's mostly, you know, who we attract with podcast management. Were they, when they first heard about, or when they first ran into you as a podcast manager, were they like surprised that you were offering these services or had they already had an idea of like what podcast management was?
1: I think they already had an idea of what podcast management was, Mm -hmm. but most of them had their podcast and they were running it on their own and quickly realized all of the pieces and just how much effort it took. And they were ready to just pass it on to somebody else because they just didn't have the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So much time. And I think it's one of the reasons that podcasters, they see it as like, oh, I can do this podcast is that they're good at speaking or they enjoy speaking. And maybe they, I don't know, maybe they want to learn how to edit or, or whatnot, but you can put like a mediocre podcast out there pretty easily. But then I think once podcasters get into it, they're like, I want this to be the best it can be. And if you want it to be the best it can be, it's going to be hours and hours of work each week. And and so then they're like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it right.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also something I was thinking about last week because I was listening to a podcast and I feel like there are several podcast coaches out there that are, pushing people to just start a podcast. Just do it. All you need is your phone. You don't need anything else. And, you know, I think maybe five, 10 years ago, that worked because podcasting wasn't, you know, that popular. So you could get away with just recording some crappy audio and throwing it out there and people will find it. Well, today, especially this year and moving forward, podcasting is growing. I mean, it's so popular and so just having some regular audio isn't going to cut it anymore. You know, if you really want to grow your show, you really do need good sounding audio, quality content. You, you need to treat it like a good piece of marketing and not just something simple. And so that's something that I tell my clients is that just because there are people out there telling you that you can do it in 10 minutes a week, that's that's not effective.
0: Yeah, oh my goodness. I don't think I've seen anyone saying you could do it, you know, in an you know, 10 minutes or an hour a week that it's it just kind of does a disservice to the future podcaster because it's like I mean, let's be real, let's be realistic. Like if you want to get into this one of my favorite things about the podcasting industry is that it attracts people that are in it for the long haul. You could say the same thing about Pinterest. Like these things are not easy not quick marketing fixes. It's a long-term strategy and people that are attracted to podcasting, it's because they like this, you know, intimate conversation setting and they're willing to put the time into it. So it's all—it's like, we don't need to sell it as a quick, cheap thing. Like we need right. to sell it for what it is. And especially now that, you know, us podcast managers have been on the, you know, behind the scenes and we see what works and what doesn't work. We're not going to sell it as, you know, hey, this is going to be super easy, super you know, cheap, super this, super that. It's like, no, this is the right way to do it. And so I right. can help you do it the right way. Yeah, it's I, I, I totally agree with that.
1: Right. And that actually just uh, made me think of something. You going back to pricing and how did I get to a higher price point? One thing is that, you know, when I'm on a discovery call with somebody and I mention like my high package and uh, which includes everything, you know, if you buy this package, this is going to grow your show. I absolutely guarantee it. No question about it. Mm. And, you know, typically during the proposal and that sort of thing, they'll come back and they'll be like, eh, well, do I really need show notes? Do I really need this? And for me, it's it's no, you need it because, you know, show notes are critical for SEO and for um, your website. And so it's like, there's no haggling. It's, Mm -hmm. I know what I can do for you and your business, your podcast, and this is what you need. So if you want to haggle and you want to, you know, piece it, then you can go find another podcast manager. But, you know, I provide the full package.
0: Yeah. And I, that's one thing that I think has changed over the years is show notes. Just a couple of years ago, when things weren't as, when podcasting wasn't as popular and things weren't as polished, you know, it was like 50-50 on if someone were to have show notes. But now it's just a no-brainer, absolutely no-brainer. So once again, you can get away with not having show notes. You can get away with not doing this, not doing that. But yeah, that also comes back to this whole idea of like, there's hobby podcasters that do start... Um, just to see like what's gonna happen. That that was me in twenty sixteen. Hey, what's gonna happen? Like let's just let's just do this as a hobby. Yeah. But then there's people that are using this as a marketing channel and that's who we're attracting, is not someone who's like just, you know, just trying to see where it goes. Right. You no, know, these people are are serious about this vision that they have for the show.
1: Yeah. And they want ultimately, I know for my clients, they want new leads coming into their business. And so I know how to get those leads for you. You just, you have to do it the right way. Yeah. Follow my lead. <laughs> yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. So right now you said you have six clients. Are you working part-time
1: hours? Yes. I, I don't keep track of how many hours I work. Um, but yeah, it's, it's part-time. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's wild because I've done different time studies on myself. And I think it was last year. I was like, there's no way I'm only working 20 hours a week still. But I did a time study. This was June 2020. And I was, I was really surprised because I work in all these different pockets of my day. And so it kind of feels like you work all the time. Yeah. Not really a bad thing for me. I I love what I do. But I, yeah, I, I actually tracked my time and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's only 20 hours. So, so yeah. Yeah. So are where do you see your business going from here? What what kind of plans do you have?
1: I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in that little phase right now where I'm growing. I just don't know which direction to grow. Um, I am working on my own podcast. So I will be having my own podcast come out soon. Yay. Um, and then I don't know. I think I'm deciding if I want to go the agency route or if I want to just keep it myself. Um, I know for me, I love working on all of the pieces. You know, I know that there's some podcast managers that don't prefer editing or they don't like the social media graphics. For me, I love being a part of just the full show. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I necessarily want to go the agency route. I don't know. For me, I'm still just figuring that out.
0: Yeah, and that's okay, right? It's okay to be in that. I think sometimes we're, um, we're kind of, told in this online space that it's like more growth decide now yeah (laughs) like it's okay to be like I'm allowing the decision to come when it comes right
1: yeah and I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday it was Brandy Moles podcast and she she was interviewing Laura White And it actually, it made a light bulb go off in my head because they were talking about, you know, when you reach a certain point, you don't need to take on all these clients and have 30, 40 clients to reach a million dollars because that's what, that's what I want. Like I'm going for a million dollars, um, putting it out there into the universe. But, um, you know, she was like, you don't have to have all of these clients. You can narrow it down and just really boost your your price point. And so I think, you know, she was talking about a service provider and these are service providers. They're not coaches. They're not anything, but they are providing Mm -hmm. a service. And she had 10 clients and made a million dollars. And so again, it just goes back to having confidence in yourself and just knowing that the work you are doing is worth the price tag. And so that's kind of where, where I feel like I'm going. I don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, that makes a lot of sense and one of the things that is to your advantage is that a lot of people, they switch from service provider to coach or whatever at a certain point. And so you don't see a lot of really high-end service providers. So if you stick with that and you really get so crystal clear on what you offer, and like you said, you have that confidence in, yes, I can deliver what I'm saying I can deliver and at my price point is here, then uh-huh. you are really running your own race. Because you, you know, you're just really clear on what you're doing. I even hear people say like, you know, the VA world is super um, saturated and that someday the podcast management world will be saturated. I'm like, yes and no. Because so many people, they come into VA, the virtual assistant world, and then they go somewhere else. So then those VAs are now gone. They're doing they're doing something else. And then new VAs come and then they they scatter, they do this, they do that. And so it's just all of these services are like always changing on how people the direction people are going in. So there's a lot of space for excellence, like what you're saying, you know, being this this top, you know, providing an incredible service. There's a lot of space for that.
1: Yeah. And I'm really trying to hone in, I think another thing is just providing, like you said, the experience because, you know, there's all kinds of podcast managers out there. And I've even had people from the group reach out, or the podcast manager group reach out to me and say, well, what services are you providing? And it's honestly, it's not anything different than what everybody else in the group is providing. I think you just need to find what sets you apart. So for me, I'm just, I have a lot of years in customer service. You know, I've been working since I was, what, 15, and just customer service roles. And so I think providing outstanding customer service, providing an amazing customer experience. Like for me, I provide 24 hour turnaround time, which I know that there's some things that a lot of podcast managers don't want anything to do with that because they don't have the time for it. But I allow my clients where, you know, if you get crazy in your week and end up recording a show or recording an episode on Wednesday, and it's due on Thursday, send it to me, I will get it done and loaded by Thursday.
0: Yeah, that definitely sets you apart, like you said. And yeah, once again, a lot of people, you know, boundaries are important, but our each of our boundaries are different. Yeah. So like you said, you're like, I'm good with this 24 hour turnaround. And so you can offer that when other people aren't. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, of, there's a lot of things like for anyone that's listening, think about what that could be for you. It might not be a quick turnaround. It could be that you will communicate more with them than the average person. Like that was one thing I wasn't willing to compromise on. I could do a 24 hour turnaround, but I couldn't do a, you know, I'll drop everything in the middle of the day to do X, Y, and Z. Like it was like, if I could fit it into my evening block of work, I can get it done. But I wasn't willing to compromise on you know, communicating whenever I was with my kids or whatever. So yeah, it's different for each of us. But I I like that tip of really identifying like, what is it that sets you apart? You're providing a different service than someone, it might not be that you're doing different activities. It's the way you do it. And some of your policies that set you apart. Right? Yeah, that's really great. So you said in the beginning that your son was the biggest motivator for you starting this service-based business. So what is your life like now with balancing your business and still spending time with your son?
1: He just started school this year and so, or in August. And so I now only work when he is at school. hmm and i have been able to get everything done then if i need to last minute get something done i wait till he's gone to bed but my biggest thing is you know i the whole purpose for me doing this was to spend time with him and so when i when he is in my presence i'm fully with him and you know when he's at school or sleeping or something and then i will work mm-hmm. is he
0: in kindergarten or is he in preschool preschool okay Okay. Yeah. I love preschool. <laughs> yeah, It's so, so it's key. so good. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. That is so great. And I mean, that really resonates with me. And I'm sure any other mom listening of just of that desire to want to be present, and still get stuff done, still have a business and still have, you know, things that are just for you and, and stuff. So that striking that balance is so key. Um, It doesn't need to be complicated either.
1: No. And that's one thing that I feel like I've You can get so caught up in, especially when you really start to grow your business, because you know, when I would pick him up from school, I would have boxer, my boxer um, messages come through all afternoon. And then I would get frustrated and I would see that it would start to come out on him. And so, you know, I think my biggest piece of advice is if you are a mom and if this is the reason you're doing it, try and just keep your work life balanced. Mm -hmm. My biggest tip is I have started just turning off my boxer when I pick him up. So I turn off my boxer, turn off any form of client communication until he's gone to bed. And then I'll turn it on and let everything just flow back into work.
0: Yes. Especially when you've set specific boundaries for yourself that I'm not going to work between school pickup and bedtime. I'm not going to work. Seeing those messages is not helpful. Even if you've got good self-control and you're like, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. If you can turn them off so that you don't even get tempted or distracted with whatever is coming through. It just makes it a lot clearer on mom and work and keeping those separate. Yeah. That's really great. It has been so great to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing. How can the listeners find you after the show?
1: BrittanyQs.com is where you can go and... Find all of my information. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It is Brittany.Qs. I don't post that much, but I'm going to start. I really want to connect with my audience and answer any questions. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Love
0: it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.